Hello, folks, and welcome to another Dan K Show Presents Junior Hockey, your definitive source for all things junior hockey, college hockey, and beyond. This is where it's at, folks. We're currently in an off-season. For some of us, a little more predictable as seasons have ended already, but for a lot of us, in a more unpredictable way. So we'd like to be your, your open door back into the junior hockey, college hockey world. And the person who opens that door for us every single week is none other than the namesake of the show himself, Mr. Dan Kay. Lucas, it just gets nicer and nicer when you introduce me in every week. I'm waiting for the one where you chirp me, but I'm <laughs> excited. I'm pumped up because we've got history in the making right now. We, we always talk about it, Lucas. We are for the players, man. We are, we are here to get the players and the parents the right information to the right places and into the right hands in the next step in their junior hockey career. And for the first time, in the show's history, we are talking with some folks from the EHL and what an organization this is, the New Jersey 87s, Coach Adam Hooley and Anthony DiPaolo, the voice of the NJ87s here. Coach, Anthony, how are you both doing? Uh, doing well, doing well. Obviously, you know, thanks for having us on. And, and you know, as much as we're a different league, we've, you know, I've seen you guys around, so I'm super excited to be part of the show. I think you guys do a great job. Um, and I'm excited to talk a little hockey. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, you know, I've se- seen a couple of the, the shows you guys have done. I think you do a great job, and it's, uh, it's exciting to be a part of it. Hey, we're excited to have you both on. This is, this is first of all, talking to a broadcaster. It's our first time talking to a broadcaster on the podcast. Coach, this is going to be an interesting thing to jump into, just this whole setup we're in. But before we get there, Lucas, I think it's time for reviews. And I've got a little bit of a surprise review today, so I'm going to let you start things off for the folks at home. What? What beer do you have for the parents that are going to be traveling the country? What should they enjoy their next trip with in, in that hotel room? Well, you know, uh, we always like to promote as local as we can, uh, but this is a beer that actually has some national distribution. It's from Six Point Brewery, located in Brooklyn, New York. This is the Bengali, so it's in that it's in that tiger orange can, and it's real easy to find. Uh, Six Point known for its sort of unique cans. They're they're you know a little bit longer, a little bit thinner than a normal can. This is an IPA. It's it's definitely one of their flagship beers. Six point six percent alcohol, kind of middle of the road on the IBUs, but I mean it, it's all IPA here. You're talking some really good hop flavor. It's nice and sharp. It's a little piney, but it also gets mellowed out by some interesting malt characteristics as well. It's a little bit darker than what you see in IPAs nowadays. It's definitely not a New England style. It's definitely not a double IPA style. It's an old school malty hoppy. IPA uh, that goes great with, I just had a nice uh, Gouda and Brie grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, you're so bougie. <laughs> Someone's got to be. All right. Hey, what do you give it? What do you rate that beer? Um, I, I mean, I'd say this is this is solid. There's nothing that deducts from it, I think. I think it's a great example of what IPAs really should be. It's not an extreme juicy. It's not an extreme bitter. It's just right in the middle. So I'd give it a, I'd give it a solid 7.8. Well, I'm over here, Lucas. I am on coffee duty, as I always am. So, as, as folks who watch Dan Kay travel the country covering hockey, you'll know when we're doing 12 broadcasts in a day and 25 in a weekend, I tend to run strictly on caffeine. And worldatlascoffee.com brought you last weekend's coffee from Burundi. This time around, we went up to Canada, eh? And we went and we got ourselves a little Tim Hortons. No Timmy Bits because World Atlas, uh, the shipping's a little behind right now with everything going on. So I went Timmy Bits. 
whole bean, Tim Hortons coffee. Obviously, it's an easy winner. You can drink it black. You can drink it with a little milk. You can drink it with cream. Drink it however you'd like. I give Tim Hortons a 15 out of 10 every time I drink it. But Lucas, I had one surprise review this week from someone who argued with me hearing about these coffee reviews. What about us folks that go for the energy drink? And they were a little afraid to try this themselves. So they asked me to pick it up. And I did. It's the Coca-Cola Energy Cherry version. Coca-Cola Energy. We're going a little bit. Of, I'm going to try to pop it open for you on the screen. There you go. You heard that. Give that a taste, and that tastes strictly like a Coca-Cola, Lucas. That is exactly what that is. I don't drink much soda in my life. I'm going to, apologies to the Coke people right now, I'm going to give them a 3.1. That is, that's interesting because I've seen that everywhere. Um, I mean, I'm just as likely to have a, an energy drink. I'm more of a monster guy uh, myself, um, but I'm just as likely some days to have an energy drink versus a coffee to keep myself going. So that's interesting because I've seen that pretty much everywhere, and I've never tried it, so it tastes just like a Coke. I'm only a monster in a gym, but let's get the two monsters, one behind the bench and one on the microphone, Anthony DiPaolo, Coach Hooley here. Coach, it's the free skate right now, so I want to start with something that you alluded to. I think there are a lot of parents listening to us right now at home who can, who can really understand what you're going through. Talk a little bit about having a little one at home. You said a two-and-a-half-year-old, that you got to be uh, a little bit of everything, a little camp counselor, a little, little parenting, a little bit of everything right now in the household during this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, it made me laugh. I think the camp counselor is probably the most accurate, right? The, you have the early morning routine. Usually that's pretty good. Uh, we wake up, we go for a walk. Uh, we're fortunate enough to have some land here uh, in, in Colts Neck uh, so we can, get out, we can get outside and walk a little bit. Um, and then when you hit that afternoon, if he hasn't eaten yet, he's a terror. Um, he'll go a little stir crazy and start, uh, you know, throwing a little tantrum. We can't, can't get him outside too much. Um, and then he gets his nap and obviously every counselor, every parent knows how vital the nap is, uh, to your sanity and, and, and your daily life. So when he goes down for that, that's kind of your primal time to get a lot of stuff done if you have, or honestly just sit there and relax. Um, you know, and, and, and that's been a big part of it. Uh, I have a, uh, I'm a stepfather to an 18 year old and a 13 year old. Uh, as well. So it's just been kind of the Brady Bunch of what we've been doing daily. Um, you know, credit to my wife. She's cooked probably nine different meals from nine different areas of the country, trying to keep us uh, on our toes. Um, and to what Lucas said earlier, I think during nap time, uh, you know, I like to do a little bit. Uh, there's a local brewery here called Kane. Um, and, you know, I usually like to do some of their beers there. They had a good one the other day, Party Wave. Um, and it's just a good time to relax. But it, it's been it's been a little bit crazy. But obviously, uh, it's been nice weather for the most part, so being able to get outside has helped a tremendous amount uh, in what we do. But it's it's been crazy, but it's also been fun. So you know, hopefully we get out of this soon. But if not, um, you know, we're trying to stay by and, and and stay busy. I'll tell you, I'm in the same place right now. Frequent cat naps for me. And it, we go over to Anthony's side of things. Anthony, as a broadcaster, Lucas is a broadcaster. I mean, we we ran into the same thing that that folks in the EHL ran into. It, all of a sudden, you get that abrupt stop, right? And obviously, it was the right call by every league who did it. it. It kept the players safe. It kept the employees safe, kept the coaches safe, and kept the families safe that would have been out watching all these postseasons that were about to take place. But now, as a broadcaster, I mean, there's nothing to broadcast. There are no sports. I'm starting to broadcast laundry getting done. I'm starting to look off my balcony and uh, call, call people walking together as a horse race as they walk along. No one's happy with it. What have you done to really keep yourself sane throughout this whole thing? 
Oh, man. Uh, you talk about doing play-by-play of a bunch of mundane things. You know, yesterday my, my mom was making lasagna, and I think I was doing some play-by-play with that. You know, she sachets the meatballs into the pan, <laughs> drizzles the sauce over the meatballs. My goodness, what an excellent concoction this is. The most exquisite Italian cuisine. But uh, I don't know. I, I've, I've been watching some videos, whether it's of my own calls the other day I was watching some of those videos of uh, you know, NHL overtime goals where you don't just want to listen to the, the broadcasting, but you just want to watch sports. And you know, I, I may or may not have been that guy that will uh, occasionally announce some games from NHL 20. <laughs> so my, my friends certainly appreciate me for that. But uh, you know, I, I just want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, Dan, I, I, know, I know you called uh, Lucas Bougie when talking about the, uh, the beer. Fun, fun fact, I do want to bring this up. Adam was just talking about the local brewery near Middletown. The, the, the Titans coaches, because they share the same office, the Titans and 87s, the, the Titans coaches will make fun of Adam for uh, his, his taste of craft beers and call them bougie beers. <laughs> so Adam and Lucas are a match made in heaven here. I could just leave yes. the podcast at this point. They could have their own conversation. Exactly. Sorry, Adam. I, 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 had to, I had to mention that. I, I thought they would get a, a kick out of that. No, listen, that's, that's, that's just where we're at. You know, it, it's similar when, when we have a Saturday, Sunday uh, game split, you know, on the Sunday, you know, uh, hopefully we win and we get four points in the weekend. You want to come back up to the office and relax. Um, and you want to enjoy the taste. And I think that's what we all, have. you know, as you get older, you realize it's, it's the subtle things. And, you know, I think like you said earlier, Dan, all the coffee black makes your tongue bitter. So obviously for me, IPAs are a little bit more of what I'm looking for. Um, you know, and that's just, it's relaxing on a Sunday night after winning, hopefully, uh, to sit there and talk shop a little bit. And Anthony has been a part of those conversations where, you know, we include everybody in our conversations from the hockey aspect and we'll run through the game and we'll ask for Anthony's advice. We'll ask for our game day manager's advice. We bring everybody in because I think it's an all-inclusive nature to what we do. And I think it makes it makes people want to be there more. And if you want to be somewhere, obviously you can put your best foot forward. And I think that's what we get. I think we have the best broadcaster in the business, um, but I think it's because he likes being around us and likes to do a good job for, for what we do. So, um, you know, just a quick point on that, but obviously – um, certainly have been called bougie before, uh, and certainly in my beer selection. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I, it's better to be called bougie in your beer selection. I, I'm going to get beat up for this eventually. We're going to have to throw the gloves, but Marty Quarter's out with the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings, former coach of Merrimack College. This guy's a hockey legend, and I got into his office after a big win. We went out there for the cheese curd cup. We gave a trophy out and everything when they beat the Hudson Havoc. And Marty Quarter sits down in his office, and that fridge was filled with nothing but ciders and white claws, man. Ciders, white claws, and trulies. And I was like, Coach, come on, you got you gotta you gotta rep you gotta rep the tough guy look here, the tough guy aesthetic. But you know, if you're a tough enough hockey guy for the brand, you can drink whatever you want, right, Lucas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think uh I think you, all he has to do is kind of stare across that desk and 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 everything goes quiet. But uh but coach, yeah, I think Kane is amazing. I mean, I'm down in that Asbury area all the time. Uh, Carton's another good one out in Atlantic Highlands. And, uh, yeah, I think maybe when this all, uh, when this kind of, you know, gets a little settled, we'll have to maybe grab a drink and, and talk a little shop as well after a big win for you guys. Yeah, hundred percent without a doubt. 
All right, gentlemen. Well, Lucas, I think it's time to get down to brass tacks. Let's get into the juicy goose. Let's get into the details here. You're listening to the Dan K Show podcast. To find out more about the Dan K Show, go to www.dankshow.com or go to at the underscore Dan K Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's www.dankshow.com or at the underscore Dan K Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, Anthony, uh, you know, let's start with you. I know you and I have been chatting uh, before we hit the record button a little bit about your broadcasting path. You've had, I think certainly almost every broadcaster has had an interesting road to where they are now. Talk a little bit about, you know, some of the jobs that you've, you've had and, and how you've gotten to where you are now being the broadcaster for two organizations. You know, I, I, I think it all starts growing up uh, where I am. You know, uh, I'm from Dumont, New Jersey. Lucas, I know you said for a while that was your stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. And I live about two blocks away from an outdoor roller rink. So I have an older brother who's a year and a half older than me. We both played there. You know, when I, when I was seven, eight years old, I was able to walk or skate to the rink on my own. And that's where it kind of fostered my love for hockey. Fast forward a few years, I went to Seton Hall University. I already knew that I wanted to get into broadcasting. What better way to get your foot in the door than to work at 89.5 FM WSOU, best college radio station in the nation. Uh, might be a little biased there, but that's where I started getting reps for play-by-play, whether it was soccer, uh, baseball, basketball, where I got to call games at the Prudential Center. And you know, those were all such important experiences. I also did public address for the Seton Hall club hockey team. And the the coach at the time, Gary Biggs, he was pulled on as an assistant right around when I graduated. So at the start of the 2016-17 season, they needed a broadcaster. And Gary, who was an assistant there, said, oh, I know someone. Let me reach out to Anthony. So one thing led to another. And before you know it, I I work for the the Titans now for four seasons and three with the 87s. I mean, that's, that's it, 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 like I said, it's such a varied journey for everyone. I love the WSOU connection as well. We know a mutual friend uh, who worked there and I've certainly won some interesting uh, ticket packages. I've won, I think, tickets to a, a jazz metal concert. I've won tickets to a mariachi cruise featuring the Bronx, a punk band who Moonlights is a mariachi group, so WSOU is a, is a heck of a time. If you don't listen to them, you should. In case um, anybody at home is wondering how hard it is to take road trips around the country with this <laughs> music collection, I hope that that just lets you know how difficult it is. <laughs> I usually wait till everyone else is asleep in the car until I put that on. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that's that's you know really interesting stuff. I mean, Anthony, um, you know one of the one of the coolest things I think about getting to broadcast for different teams is is the perspective between organizations. We'll definitely be getting to that a little bit later. Um, I want to shoot over to Coach Hooley for a second because I want to ask you kind of a similar question. Talk about your hockey career, um, how you've kind of worked up, you know, th- from when you were young until now and and how you got uh, the gig coaching the 87s. Yeah, I, I'm a New Jersey born and raised as well. Uh, I grew up in a town called Howell. Um, got started playing like any other kid. Started roller, then went to ice. Um, and then I started playing for uh, a great program, the Devils Youth, um, right over there in South Mountain Arena, or what it used to be called South Mountain Arena. Um, and then I went to prep school route. I went to prep school at the Gunnery, uh, played three seasons there, and ended up at Trinity College, where I played all four seasons. Um, we had a, a really good team there. Um, and then after I graduated, I went back to prep and started coaching in the prep hockey world. 
um, which was a good taste. The hockey was really, really good. Um, being fresh out of college uh, was fun to be able to relate to the players a little bit more. Um, play that role. I think that's a big thing. Every coach has to go through different roles. Um, and that allowed me to play more of an assistant player coach um, type scenario. And then uh, you get the longing to want to lead and, and to be a head coach. So I had an opportunity to come home uh, and work for the New Jersey Titans organization at the youth level. Uh, I was kind of given the development mockier um, of what we do. So I coach a lot of the American teams um, that are getting ready for the, for the national level teams. Um, and I had some good success there and, and, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then, you know, family hit, right. Uh, I wanted to start a family. Um, and, and I met my wife and I decided to work a little bit in New York and took a different path. Um, but you know, that commute, all you find yourself doing is thinking hockey. So, um, during that year, uh, I worked on a business plan with my partner, um, to try to get into the junior world because I wanted to touch on all aspects. I wanted the little bit more serious hockey player. I wanted a hockey player who wanted to play in college. Um, and I wanted to be able to kind of control a lot of the aspects of what we do and how we do it. Um, and then that's where uh, the 87s came in. So I, I had a chance to submit my proposal uh, to t- quite a few um, coaches and, and, and directors of leagues. And, and I felt the most comfortable uh, in the EHL. And there was a need uh, for a team based out of New Jersey in the EHL. So uh, to be honest, we jumped right into it, uh, two feet in, and, and we went with it. And we're now going to our year four, um, where I felt we've been very, very good. And we're learning every day uh, something new about our program and how to operate. But uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been a nerve-wracking ride. But overall, uh, every day I get to wake up and do what I love, so I can't complain there. Now, Coach, just jumping in here, I mean, I've seen the success in the recruiting world from from the NJ87s. You know, from afar, we don't get to dive as deep as we want into the EHL on a day-to-day basis, but all I ever see is commitment, commitment, commitment. I look at some of the names that are familiar to me, the, the Jack Carolucks of the world, the Zach Tarantinos, and you see a UMass Dartmouth commit for Zach here just recently. Can you talk about, and another place, another pipeline it seems you guys have is with a, a friend of the show, Kyle Wallach, and the Albertus Magnus College Falcons. Can you talk a little bit about where you have found your success and how you found so much success in the recruiting world? Yeah, I, I think we've just been very, you know, on some front and, and, and we know what we are and, and we try to be the best at that. So for us, um, you know, we, when we recruit our players, it's very simple. You have in our mind kind of two paths of what you want to do. If you're an older player, the uh, Zach Tarantino, um, and you want to get to college, we're going to do everything in our power to get you to that college and get your game ready for college. And then if you're the younger brand kid, um, we have opportunities to really use a stepping ladder from, from tier three to tier two uh, to tier one, you know, and there's, there's, you know, for us, we're looking for that player who just wants to have that carrot in front of his face. Um, and when they hear us talk and, and, and uh, we talk about our, our program and, and, and the development and, and things like that, I think they get excited. And, and I'll take it a step further. I think, you know, everyone can talk about development. Everybody has um, their own thoughts and their process on what it is. Um, but I think it's even further. I think it's the environment. I think it's, it's giving the kids an environment to be successful and what is at their fingertips to be successful. And I think that's what we do really well. You know, we own and operate. So, uh, me and my partner own the 87 as much as we coach it. Um, so we kind of live and breathe every aspect of it. Uh, and I think that's, what's really separated us, uh, from our competition and just in general, other teams is that we have to really be. Uh, at the forefront of everything we have to, if we have an idea we have to go with it we have to be the leader um, because we can't sit back and wait we don't have that luxury to sit back and wait 
Um, and I think we learned from a lot of other great programs. Obviously, we have the Titans in our own building. Um, you know, I played for Coach Hunt at the Hitman, uh, another great program that we look at. Um, so I think we've benefited from just being a sponge, learning everything we can from people we know, and then just applying it um, to the recruiting trail and doing a good do- good job, um, which is what we're really about. And I think uh, one more step further is I think that the coaches in all the leagues, um, there's a mutual respect if you do a good job and you're an honest person. And I think, you know, all the leagues combined, um, when you see each other on the recruiting trail, um, you know, if you're talking to the same player, it, it's it's respectful and you do it the right way. And, and I think that goes a long way. I think parents like to know that, um, you know, I'm certainly beneficial. And I, I talk well about a lot of other coaches in our league, not only in our league, the other leagues. Um, so I think our recruiting trail is just we do it uh, by being honest and, and being thorough and, and telling them, here's what we can do. And if you want that, we're going to get you there. And I love that. And that's something, I mean, Luke's and I are approached by parents, by players all, all year long from everywhere across the country and ask the same type of questions. What should we be looking for? How do we know a coach is looking out for our best interest? And coach, it's exactly as you worded it. It's the idea that if it's being done above the board, if it's being done respectfully, and you feel that as a parent or a player, and you trust that person, that's the place to go. And, and I think we sometimes lose sight of that. And sometimes people look for labels, or they look for the right combination of letters to be where they want to play, when really, it's about the fit. It's about the program. It's about the system you're about to get into. Can you fit that? And can you make the most of it? And do you have a guy behind the bench, and an owner of the organization, which, great in your case, you're both. Do you have that there to really help you succeed and get you to the next level? And you need that. And speaking of helping succeed and get to the next level, we look over to Anthony Allen. Anthony, I mean, as a broadcaster, I started off with the Philadelphia Junior Flyers organization in the USPHL's original premiere back six years ago. That's how I got into the junior hockey world. And I was working with Coach Beach, and, and I never really realized how important at this level the broadcaster is to a player's development and the ability for a player to be seen by coaches. Now, can you talk a little bit about the the growth you're trying to have in your own career and, and how it also works with the players and how you can also bring growth into their careers as well using your broadcasting ability? Yeah. Well, when I first started in the 2016-2017 season, I would just take the train down to Middletown call the games, and then go back home. So it was pretty straightforward. And I think there I just kind of worked on my mechanics. And I didn't even have access to hockey TV to see some of the road games. I just take notes on the, the box scores. But my starting my second year, I started writing recaps. So I was doing interviews with a lot of the players. And after that, I was making video reels with highlights. So it's more than just broadcasting the games. You're writing the press releases you're managing social media, and you also have to come up with creative ways to get content out there. Uh, I mean, the the space on my computer probably went down like 90% with all the, the video highlights and the reels I've made, not just for the Titans, but Adam can attest with the 87s. If someone scores a hat trick, you know, you reel it up. Maybe you do an interview and, you know, get some B-roll footage of the, the goals that they scored. So uh, this is stuff that you put on uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, YouTube, and with the 87s in particular, I do have to give a shout out to our director of communications, uh, Neil Ravin, because anytime we put something out there, 
He'll retweet it through the league account. So I think that really helps in terms of uh, player visibility, where it's not just the people who follow the 87s, but the Eastern Hockey League. So I, I think a lot of credit goes to the league for promoting their own teams, which you know starts from, from us, what I do, what Adam Hooley does. And, and that kind of gets transferred or uh, amplified by the league. And I think that ultimately helps the players. And yeah, Neil yeah. Hustle, man, you see that every day. I would, I would take that even a step further. I think what you guys do as broadcasters is, is super important to everything we do. If we're recruiting a kid from California, Nevada, somewhere in the West where mom and dad and uncle, grandma are not going to be able to watch the game uh, or be at the game physically, um, the quality of the broadcast, the, the expertise of the broadcaster, um, you know, that is something that I think goes even further and allows us to, that they feel more comfortable knowing that they can watch it on a Friday afternoon, a Saturday uh, evening game and, and know um, that there's going to be a broadcast team there and they're being talked about. Um, so I think it helps me recruit players uh, to be able to speak about Anthony and speak about our social media and how accurate and I mean, I'll be on the bench and the period will end and, and I'll have seven alerts because uh, Anthony has gone out, you know, the last three plays and it just happened. So I think it goes so far um, to help us just separate what we do um, from other programs is that we recognize the importance of that. You know, and Anthony mentioned it, you know, we want him traveling with us as much as he can. If he can come to a showcase, um, we, we, he comes to a showcase. He lives and breathes the 87 stuff because, again, I think if we have everybody on your ship uh, going one way, I think it just gets there quicker and, and it gets there uh, with everyone on board. So I think it goes further. Um, and even from the recruiting standpoint, when I watch a game on hockey TV to recruit a player, um, the broadcast is everything, you know, the, the quality of it. Um, you know, sometimes you can't see, but the broadcaster knows his players, you know, if he has the puck, um, it helps tremendously. So I think, again, obviously it is a vital aspect to the day to day, to the future and, and to what more we can bring to the player. Yeah. And and I mean, and that's so big. It's so big to get it from top down in the organization. And obviously you guys have put it together. You listen to a New Jersey 87's broadcast and you know what's happening. You can see it. It's it's crisp. It's clear. It's well done. Want Dan Kay and Lucas Jones to come to your town? Follow Dan and Lucas on Twitter. Dan at Dan, lower score, Kamichik, and Lucas Jones at LJones1138, hashtag The Dan K Show. Get more of The Dan K Show on their YouTube channel. One interesting thing, Anthony, you, you sort of brought it up with your, uh, your computer hard drive being about 90% highlight reels. I remember when the Dan K show started and this was about five years ago and I bought a terabyte hard drive external thinking, Oh, this will cover us for forever. Yeah. I just bought six other terabyte hard drives, uh, this off season because (laughs) that hard drive, my Google drive, everything is just approaching the limits of what it can store. And it's such a technically demanding job in certain aspects. And I mean, I don't know about, about you. I know we, Definitely had to teach ourselves a lot of the technical aspects, uh, but it's... Lucas, I don't know much about the tech. Is a terabyte like a dino nugget? Because I had those for dinner last night. <laughs> it's <laughs> Same thing? It's roughly the same uh, amount of storage space, yes. Got it. Copy that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's, let's talk about NJ Hockey. I mean, you, you talk about the 87s and the Titans, you know, sharing offices, sharing some space. But the state as a whole, when you talk hockey and you talk junior hockey... 
it's not necessarily the first place that comes to mind, right? We know we know the hotbeds of hockey. It's the New England region, the Minnesota region, obviously Canadian junior hockey. Um, you know, we work a lot in Florida and the Southeast, which is is producing some phenomenal talent year in and year out, but still struggles with that identity. So for Jersey hockey, I mean, there's so many teams. Anthony, we can start with you. Um, talk a little bit about the scene sort of in a way, uh, the talent that comes out. What has your exposure been to the NJ junior hockey scene? Well, you know, it, it's it, it's one of those big ironies throughout my career in Middletown because I commute two hours by train each way to go to Middletown, yet I'm just a 10-minute drive from the Hackensack Ice House with the, the North Jersey Avalanche. So, you know, how, how's that for ironic? But, you know, gr- growing up, I've been to the Ice House. I've seen the Avalanche. So not junior hockey, so to say, but... You know, they do have a very strong program over there in Hackensack. You have the Hitmen. But you, know, you look at Middletown, and you know, first it was just the Titans from 2015-2016. Then in the 2017-18 season, that's when the 87s pop up. So not even just New Jersey. Now you have one town that has three junior teams, where that in itself is a destination. Plus you have the Youth Titans, where hypothetically – you could start from you know five years old playing ice hockey up until or up and into your junior career with the 87s, then with the Titans, and then committing to college. So I think when you have you know that along with the rest of New Jersey, then uh, it's really becoming uh, its own hotbed, so to say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you talked, you mentioned about the Hitmen as an organization that, you know, we're very familiar with. They're, you know, right outside of where we're based out of. We've worked with them over the last few years. Um, you know, the Jersey Shore Whalers have, have really kickstarted their youth development program. Um, you know, and now with the inclusion of, of at least in the NCDC, some, some, the New Jersey aspect now in South Jersey, the Philadelphia Hockey Club. So it's definitely growing. Uh, and, Coach, I wanted to, to switch over to you and talk about the development because I, at least from where Dan and I are sitting, and I know you know some other people as well, that junior hockey success is really a story of development. It's, it's teaching players the skills that they need to learn on the ice. And then when they get older, the programs start to become more involved with their off-the-ice routines. You see coaches posting about study groups, about the importance of standardized testing and getting into college and the next level. Um, so talk about what it's like for the 87s to have your own development program in-house because you have the EHL and then the EHLP that both fall under that, that same umbrella. Yeah, so um, for us, obviously, you know, we have that, and that's exactly kind of how we look at it. And, and everybody will talk the same in the sense that it's kind of the, the big club and the little club, and you can relate to baseball, you can relate it to, to hockey itself. Um, you have your, your professional team, then you have a farm team. It's the same way we have our programs. And, and um, the way we look at it is simple. You know, at our premier level, um, we want the younger kid, the, the kid who wants a little bit more, um, then he's given at the youth level, you know, the kid who wants that off season regimen, who wants the off season training during the year, um, the player who wants those practices that are full ice and competitive. Um, you know, obviously, uh, there's only so much you can do at the, at the youth level, but at the junior level, um, you're allowed to just explore and get deeper and deeper with what you can do uh, and how you can do it. And, and I think that transcends for us um, quite a bit. We started as simply just a premier team. 
Um, you know, that was it. We had one team. We were very successful. And on that team, uh, we had six guys move up to the EHL and, and those guys continue to play this year as well, um, which is a testament to them. You know, they, they trusted what we were talking about. They trusted the ladder that we built in our own program of playing premier, moving to EHL and then moving on to, um, you know, uh, NCAA hockey and then playing at the next level. And I think that's just the biggest thing. Um, and again, it's the development part, but it's also the environment. That's the environment we create uh, within our 87 organization. Um, you know, we want players that if they're playing on Premier, you want to play in EHL, come to a practice and show us that you can do it. Um, you know, our practices are very open at the EHL level. We encourage all our Premier players, if you have a day off from school, um, you know, knock on wood, if you wanted to skip a day of school, uh, come to our EHL practice and see how just intense the practice is, even more than what you're getting. Um, and then see if you want to be here, uh, what it takes to get there. And I think, again, um, you know, that's the biggest thing. And, and you look at our building this year at Middletown, you know, when the season ended for everybody, we had three first place teams. Uh, the Titans were first in their uh, league and we were first in our respective league uh, at the EHL and premier level. So we were, you know, in a sense, uh, trying to do something that not many other uh, programs in the country or uh, rinks in the country can boast. And we had three first place teams whose seasons got cut short. So, um, but I think it goes further. I think you have those hockey minds in that room, um, constantly talking hockey, constantly talking drills. I mean, you ask any coach, a drill is just another, uh, is a stolen drill from somebody you, you grew up with. Um, you know, so it's just constantly having that as your environment um, and knowing your coaching staffs around like-minded individuals and is constantly looking at video, talking on the board. I think that's just is why you've seen such an uptick uh, in New Jersey hockey and, and the success of programs continue to raise the bar um, and doing that. And I think the programs that are starting out uh, new like us, the uh, PHC and, and, and those programs are going to be successful because they have to be, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it is a sink or swim uh, atmosphere. You know, you can't just start a junior hockey team because you feel like starting a junior hockey team. You won't last. You have to start it uh, and make sure you have all the resources in place um, that you can be successful. And I think when you have that environment with those hockey minds, that's really where the development starts and kind of explodes onto the scene with the, with your on-ice play. Hey, Coach, as a Jersey guy myself, I loved looking at, the, at this when I was getting ready for today's interview. The NCDC, the EHL, and the, and the NAL all had first place New Jersey teams, the Jersey Hitmen, the New Jersey Titans, and the New Jersey 87s. It was, it could have been an all New Jersey cup lifting year if this thing saw itself out to the end. But that's where we kind of turn the conversation to now. And, and coach, we, we asked last week the same question. I'm sure we're going to be asking this a lot throughout this one of a kind off season. There are a lot of parents, a lot of players at home who are right now sitting on their couch, sitting around wondering to themselves, how do I get seen? How do I make it to a team like the New Jersey 87s? How do I have Coach Hooley? Get, how do I get in front of them right now, right? I can't get out of the house. I can't try out. Do you have any advice for the player, for the parent at home, as to how they get seen and what they should be doing, what steps they should be taking right now? Yeah, I think, I think, it's, I think we can all relate to it. I think we've all been in the same position. Uh, don't be shy. Um, you have to send emails. You have to reach out. You have to... Uh, put yourself in that vulnerable position where you might send a text or an email and a coach might not get back to you. But at the end of the day, the successful programs and the, and the coaches who really are doing their job, they're going to reach out no matter what and let you know, hey, we have a spot or we're looking at this spot or you know, let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks. I think that's the biggest thing from the player standpoint. Um, don't be afraid, no matter how good you are, 
Um, don't be afraid to reach out and, 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 and see what may be out there. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, cause obviously again, we'll have our recruiting boards we'll have our players, we'll have uh, our list, but you're always, you're always going to miss something or somewhere. And I think the players, um, you know, they have to learn that they can reach out and not be nervous to do so. I think the parents, similar, similar fashion, make sure you're doing your homework on, you know, the team, the organization, the league. Um, Because at the end of the day, we touched upon it earlier in our conversation, go to a place that you're wanted, where you're going to feel that you can get the most out of the program and be the player that you want to be. And that doesn't mean it has to be at the highest level, doesn't mean it has to be at the lowest level, but it has to be a program that that sees you fitting into their plan and sees a reason for you to be there um, and has that track record of showing you, hey, this is someone else has done it in, in similar fashion to what we see for you. Um, and if they're a new program, you know, do you trust what they're doing? And I think, I think ultimately, um, that is where, uh, we want to take it. And that is where, um, the parents and the players just continue to do your homework and do the right things. Um, and, and that will take you to the next step and and getting yourself noticed, getting yourself out there. Because again, every time we get an email or a text from a prospective player, the first thing we do is we start our, our due diligence. We start doing our homework. We go right to hockey TV um, to see if we can watch a game and, and make sure we know who we're talking about. Or we may have notes on that player. You know, and that's the thing that um, the players have to hear is that we watch so many games in the same season that we're playing our own games. Um, you might just simply be missing. That's okay. Um, I don't think there's a, there's a fault there. I think you have to be uh, willing to do your due diligence and work just as hard off the ice to get yourself noticed as you would on ice. And, and I think that if they take that – they will find somewhere that um, they are wanted and they, they will do well. Now, Anthony, I go to you. I, I want to ask you a little bit about your career aspirations here. Obviously, as a broadcaster, every opportunity could be the next step to the next gig, right? And we're always trying to work our way up the ladder. And honestly, as broadcasters, we're trying to add as many gigs as we can. And, and that's what you've done there with the Titans, with the 87s. And I know my career aspiration is to, at some point, Space Jam steal uh, Doc Emmerich's abilities and take over in the NBC Sports booth. That might be a little less realistic. Let me hear yours. What What are your aspirations as a broadcaster? Where do you see yourself in five, ten years? What do you want to do? Well, I, I guess I have the same aspirations minus the Space Jam part. You know, <laughs> I, I'm still at the the stage where I think I can do that on my own. But, you know, the more I've been in this industry, you know, you ask, where do, where do I see myself in five, 10 years? The, the less and less you know, of my abilities, I can answer that question. You know, the, the more involved I get, the more I just don't know, you know, where I'm going to go next. I remember finishing my first season with the Titans and then uh, the head coach asked me to do some video work for the, the main camp. And, you know, I, I see this young looking guy in a, in a man bun and a goatee. And little did I know that he would own an EHL team. So I started doing interviews with him. And then a few days later, you know, I get asked to be the voice of the 87s. So again, you just never know what's going to happen. I love it. Now, the final question for you, coach, before we, we get to our educational corner with Lucas. We try to have a quick educational piece for the players at home who are at a school right now or maybe doing schooling from home. But coach, before I get into that, I, I always give a coach a chance to kind of sell the player at home around the country as to why they should play for their organization. Obviously the the recruitment, the the success is there. It's on paper for you guys. It's in front of people all over the place. It's all over social media. But 
from your point of view, why are the New Jersey 87s the right choice for a junior hockey player? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. I think it's simple. I think it's, it's we believe what we do, um, you know, and we believe everything that we say. And, and, and something we talk about with a lot of players is that we, we, we talk differently, we look differently, and we play differently. And I think that sets us apart from everybody around us. And, and when you come to join the 87 program, uh, it's not just there to be there to play hockey. It's not just there to be there. Um, you're there for a reason, and whether that's to be a good teammate, a good hockey player, um, there's something that we're going to teach you uh, to help you better uh, further yourself as an individual, both on and off the ice. So um, everything we say, we say with conviction. We are true to what we do, um, and we believe in what we do. And, and when you have uh, a staff and an ownership that believes in what they do, um, it's something that you should be excited to be a part of because they're going to give you every resource possible to be successful. So um, for us, that's that's simply kind of what we talk about most um, is that we we get excited to wake up every day uh, to get better individually as a as a as a person and as a club. And uh, if you have that type of contagious atmosphere, uh, the sky's the limit. You know, so becoming an eighty-seven, uh, you may become a, a lower end prospect all of a sudden to. Uh, a highly touted Division Three or possible null NCDC type player, and, and I think that's what makes our program so intriguing, so interesting, and, and obviously uh, uh, to be a part of it um, is awesome. So that that's really where uh, we set it apart: is we believe what we do, and we're excited about our future. Lucas, take it away with the educational corner. We'll be back with the parting words from Anthony and Coach Uli in a sec. Thanks, Dan. So. This is our second installment of the educational corner. You know, my other job is as a tutor. I prep students for college. I prep students for standardized testing. I help them with educational materials throughout the school year. And one of the biggest things that is the crossover between the educational world and the student-athlete world as well is time management. And it's one of the easiest things to work on. And it's one of the things that will have the biggest impact in your day-to-day life, especially as you leave high school and get to that next level and get to college. There's a four-step process for time management, and it's something that I try to live by as much as possible. I think the first thing to acknowledge is right now, it's okay to not be productive for a day. We've got some extra time on our hands. But when things do get back to normal, these four steps will help you. It's to manage your time, to focus on things, to avoid things, and to limit things. First, manage. You want to manage things that are important in the short term. These are things that are important and urgent. They should be at the top of your priority list, and they should inevitably be done first. Second, you want to focus on long-term goals. These are your overriding things. These are things like making sure you get to the gym or to the rink you know, once a day or four to five times a week for long-term school projects to make sure that you work on them every day. These are things that are longer term. They're important, but not urgent. The third category is to avoid distractions and interruptions. These things may be urgent, but they may not be important. It's fine to schedule in 30 to 45 minutes of video games a day. Heck, I'm doing that right now. But it should be limited to 30 to 45 minutes because as much as we all want to be doing it, video games are not as important as some other things. And finally, you want to limit. Limit your time-wasting activities. These are things that are not important and not urgent. These things are a lot of fun, generally speaking, but they should be done after all of the other categories have been done. Effective scheduling and effective time management can help you avoid getting stuck with last-minute assignments due or being unprepared when opportunity strikes. 
Lucas, an incredible educational corner, something we should all take into account. Right now, I finally finished my entire Coca-Cola Energy and my entire cup of Tim Hortons. I had two early in the day, so I'm at Matt Foley Energy level. So we got to get this thing to the closing right now, fella. We all know Lucas is famous for his parting words. We're going to give each guest a chance. We'll start with Lucas. Lucas, give us your parting words for today's show. Oh, those were perfect, Lucas. Those were so good. He just, the guy is concise, he's clear, and he gets his point across. Next up, we're going to go to Coach Hooley next. Coach, your parting words for the viewers at home for today's Dancation. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is to continue to listen and, and do homework on, on all aspects of your hockey career, both on and off the ice. I think the, the people are out there that want to help you, and I think that's what this program showed today is that ultimately there are people here who want to see uh, other individuals succeed and, and make sure you surround those uh, people within your inner circle and trust those that um, will give you the, the guiding light to make the right decision. And I think ultimately, um, you know, when you're wanted somewhere and you're doing something the right way, uh, you're going to be okay. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've taken away and I'm excited, um, you know, for the future. And I, and I hope after we get out of this uh, crazy time that the hockey world goes back to being the hockey world and we get back into our competitive juices uh, and we look forward to the 2020 2021 uh, year and obviously having for us Anthony on the call um, and get back to 87 hockey. Now, speaking of Anthony, Anthony your chance obviously as a broadcaster you're a ringer for this task. Your parting words for today's show. Uh, my parting words well, I mean, first off, I just want to thank you again for, for having me here. And it, it, it certainly has been a uh, very interesting time for the, the last few weeks. We're sort of in a uncharted territory by you know, taking the advice from, from Lucas, from what Adam was just saying before. It, it's also a matter of just perseverance. You know, things may seem a little daunting right now and uncertainty lies ahead, but it's just a matter of buckling down, trudging along, and getting through this. That's exactly right. Could not have said it better myself. But make sure, folks, to check out the NJ87s. You can go to www.nj87s.com. To check out Anthony DiPaolo and some of his work, go to Twitter. That's DiPaolo, D-I-P-A-O-L-O, underscore zero one six. That's D-I-P-A-O-L-O underscore zero one six. Check out some of the incredible work he is doing with the NAHL Titans and NJ 87s. We thank them both for joining us today. And my parting words for today's show is just to remind you to stay strong, stay safe, and stay active. We're starting to get videos pouring in from around the country from players who are putting in that work. And I just saw Ryan Barrett, an Islanders hockey club guy, putting in the work with the hands hitting that top shelf little bar down celly in the backyard. Keep putting in the work. Do not stop staying active. That's mentally, that's physically. Stay active, folks. Keep battling, keep grinding, and we cannot wait to get through this thing and see some hockey yet again. Puck Trop is coming soon. Remember, when Dan Kay is on the mic, it's always hockey night. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode.